Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies on the Rocks. It is the Christmas or holiday episode. What? what? Brought to you by us, the Murder Boys. As always, it is I, your uh, your, your intrepid friend uh, and, and Messiah. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, it is I. No, it's me, Tomas. Uh, as always, you have my brother, Goody. Hello, hello. And of course, our friend, Derek. What's up? What's up? I have to I, let me break in. Let me, oh God, let me break in and just say that nice pop right there. I have to acknowledge yes, it like that. that Derek ASMR. gave us. Click. Yeah. Oh man, so worth it. <laughs> yeah, so um, as um, as always before, this is Movies on the Rocks. Uh, we usually do a, a, a non-genre filled motion picture. Um Via alphabetical order, but due to the fact that this is our holiday episode, a special holiday, holiday episode, episode, special what? Yes, it's like it's like Happy Life Day. Um, no, it's not like that at all. No, but either no, way, no. but either way, this is our holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you want to call it, episode. Um, just like we did one for Halloween, uh, we're probably only going to do one for Halloween and for Christmas because those usually are the types of movies we don't do. Valentine's Day, fuck that. That's a corporate. You're, you shouldn't no, say I mean, that. You shouldn't look, say that. Right. What no, if we no. do? I don't want to do it. Then I won't be there. You guys can well, look, look, I mean, if we if we want to do these things in order, right? The next holiday is New Year's, right? And let's be honest, all three of us are going to be just plastered. Right? <laughs> that so. might be actually a good show. Just nope. us <laughs> drunk no. as fuck. Just, we just hook up like around 1.30 in the morning, absolutely shit-faced, and just be like, what's up, guys? Let's talk. It's the Motor Boys. <laughs> and then we release it that night, like, unfiltered. No, <laughs> Worst decision ever. My social yeah. somewhere in there. Gosh. Yes. Yes. But either way, um, as always, um, we are here to just talk about movies. In this episode, as the holiday episode, we will be speaking about the great 80s Christmas well, classic known as National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Woo! Woo! What? Oh, what? What? And well, it, before we get started, uh, Goody, please, disclaimer, as always. Well, everyone, as usual, here's a disclaimer. Uh, as you know, movie the name of the podcast, Movies on the Rocks. So uh, we will be drinking, uh, consuming alcoholic beverages while we discuss the film in question, of course, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Getting sauced. However, uh, <laughs> and so we do invite you to join us on this journey into inebriation. However, uh, we do ask that if uh, you are going to join us on this journey, that you do so in accordance with all the rules, laws, and regulations of your respective territories. If it's not legal for you to drink alcohol while you're um, in your area because you're not of age, then please do not. But if you are of age, then please do. I guess that's it. Please do. All right. Yes. Uh, and as of course, uh, as such, there is going to be some uh, inebriation, which might mean that as we are getting, as some of us are getting sauced, we might have some saucy language. As, so as such, uh, we do not in, do that or say anything without with any intention of insulting anybody or, or offending anyone. And so if that's the case, if that happens, we do apologize. It's not our, it's not our intention. It's just just having a good time. Everyone, that's the, that's the idea here. So uh, thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs> right, bye. See you later. All right. No, we but, now uh, return to our regularly scheduled programming. 
All right, everybody, here is the cartoon droids. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, <laughs> so, really? With the life day and droids and everything? <laughs> well, we're going to be excited today. Um, all right, Goody, well, what are you drinking tonight? Let's just get right to it. Well, tonight I'm actually cracked open a, a, a bottle, a new bottle of, um, it's a rum. It is the, I think it's, well, it's Bayesian. That's the word when you're from Barbados. Bayesian? Yes. Bayesian. Bayesian. Uh, it is the Mount Gay XO triple cask blend of rum uh it's a really 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 good bottle it's it's nice uh not quite a sipping rum but definitely mixes well so what are you mixing with it tonight i'm just mixing with a good old coke zero keeping it it light keeping it frothy keeping it uh slimming for my figure yes (laughs) what shape are you today goody round delicious shaped i don't know i don't know (laughs) Oh festively God. plump festively festive plump. festive shaped that's it there you go derek what are we drinking tonight buddy man i decide to go back back home to where i'm comfortable zima and, uh, yes <laughs> you know every time you guys say something like that it's still funny to me i don't because i would never i i, I would i would dehydrate gonna, and die it's, it's, before it's, i drank zima <laughs> some zima maybe a little bit of sprite you no. know, take you out to Home Depot, a little no. Bed Bath & Beyond action. Corona Premier is what I'm Ooh, drinking. Corona Premier. It's Look the loving it. arms of what's comfortable and delicious. I, yes. I get it. Yeah, I'm we, into totally, it. we totally understand, dude. Totally understand. Uh, I am drinking tonight, Goody. I'm drinking some of the bullet bourbon that you, that we got over here when you were here in town. And I'm drinking it with some Coke Zero. And it's actually damn good. I gotta try that blend, that blend. Cause I like it. I like it on the rocks. You know, I you tend know. to drink my bourbon on the rocks. But that's actually, if that's a good idea, I'm gonna give it a go. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm drinking that like because it's a turvis, and I'm not gonna fill a whole turvis full of fucking bourbon. Well, I, I mean, it. you could, but that's uh, all right. Not me, Goody. You can, you can, Goody, but I can't. I think I did over the summer. <laughs> I do think it. you did too. I think you did too on one of our shows, and it was. Yeah. I think you were considerably sauced, as you say. But yeah, that's good. Uh, and the other day, I told you. Remember, I told you I got. Uh, I did it with um with Sprite. That was amazing. I gotta remember that. I gotta remember that one. That's for a sure. good one. Bullet and Sprite. It was so good, Goody. So good. So good. Cute. Oh my god. So oh god. my god. Move Cute. on, please. Oh my god. It's like ow, ow, ow. Um. <sighs> all right. So. <laughs> all right. Anyways, as we said. Uh, today we're going to be discussing the holiday uh, classic known as um, Christmas Vacation. Um, so, all right. Well, let's, are you let's sure there? Are you, I mean, are you sure? I'm, yeah, I'm I think so. Sure. Okay. Think okay. So. Do you? Um, I mean, let's go ahead and get started. I'll just do a little bit of the the rundown as always. Um, so, the mo- motion picture. Um, let's go ahead and just uh, go through the rundown here. So, the motion picture is was done in 1989. I'm sorry, 88 came out in 1988. 89, sorry. 89, sorry. Came out in 1989. I couldn't read my handwriting. What's happening? What's happening? I couldn't read I couldn't. Yes, yes. Anyways, so it was directed by somebody named Jeremiah Chechik, which I've never heard of, but apparently he did some movies in the 90s. Uh, but it was written by the great John Hughes. Uh, it was actually an, it starred uh, Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, a very young Juliette Lewis, and an even younger John Leonard. Hughes. Leonard, oh Leonard, dude. Leonard, Leonard, yeah, that, I've told you this, right, Derek? I've told you that, you know, people think my brother is Leonard. Like, it's the weirdest thing, dude. My brother wears his glasses. Oh, dude, I can see that. <laughs> so it's it's insane. I didn't it's think insane. that on my own, but I, I can see where they're going. 
Yeah, 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 for real. For real. So yeah, there's a I mean, there's quite a few people. Oh, oh and one credits one thing I noticed at the very end of the credits in my notes, I even made note of it. The second assistant director. I don't really know what that Frank job entails. The third, yes. yes, it is. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, the Wait, second Frank Capra the third. It's uh, Frank Capra, the director from the 40s who directed Miracle on 34th Street. His his grandson was like a, an assistant director in a lot of movies. A lot of movies. He never directed fully. I don't think he ever really directed a movie, but he was always like part of a crew of a lot of different movies. So it's like uh, Danny Aiello's son was like a huge stuntman in Hollywood. Like he did a ton of movies and stuff like that. So, so he's a working man in Hollywood. Like he's like he's a worker. Like, he's like <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Frank Capra the salt of the earth of Hollywood, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad guys, the bad guys, the guys in the background making everybody look good. You know what I mean? So there was um. So other than that, there's a ton of people in the movie. There's Diane Ladd, which is Laura Dern's mom. That's 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 her mom. Um uh she was the one she was married to Bruce Dern and they had Laura Dern. You know who Laura Dern is, right? Yeah, from Jurassic Park. You address, do you do you know did you know that dude? Derek. No. Okay, yeah. So Laura Dern is her daughter. So the the mom who was um Clark's mom, Clark's mom is Laura Dern's mom. Like that lady is like Hollywood royalty. Not like not the lady from Everybody Loves Raymond. No. But- the no. other one, yeah. Oh, yeah, Clark's mom. Because yeah. the lady who was from, from Everybody Loves Raymond, that's, 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 that's Ellen's mom. That's Clark's wife's mom. Yeah. And then E.G. Marshall, the guy who was, who was her dad, who was great. And then the other guy who was, you know, Clark Sr., I mean, he was funny too. But then, of course, you know, there's all, there is the great Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. <laughs> that guy. You know, hey, guys, I'm back. Anyways, that dude, you know, he's always good. Dennis Quaid's older brother. Um, then of course there's the Julia Louis Dreyfus in a small role, um, uh, and um, and then uh, then there was a few people, but of course we can't forget uh, Bill Murray's little brother or older little brother, older brother. I don't, I don't know for sure. I don't but know Brian Doyle Murray, who's like in every Chevy Chase movie. So it's like, yep. All those Chicago guys, man, they always hang out and do stuff together all the time, dude. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that there were a handful of scenes with? Julia Louis Dreyfus. I was going to say that Julia Louis Dreyfus as the the yuppie bah humburgers, as I called yeah, them. Yeah, no, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah, man, she was awesome. The neighbor, she was the neighbor, bro. That's that scene when you first see her in the beginning when they have the tree. It's so great. It's well, they, they do such a good job bickering back. I don't know, Todd, <laughs> I <Yeah. know>. Margo, <laughs> and it's like it was. It was funny when they were there. He was like, "Hey, uh, he's like, hey, Clark, where are you going to put that tree?" He's like. I don't know, Todd. Why don't you bend over and I'll show you? I've been talking to you. <laughs> he's like, hey, man. He's like, he's like, what? He's like, hey, you can't say that. He's like, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> and they like stopped and looked at you like, what do you mean? Like, for a second. I just love, I love how like th- th- those the neighbors don't really play a role of any of any like they, they don't. Like they're, they're, they're not imp- they're not impacting the story at all. They're not pushing it forward. Damage. Honestly, but they're victims. I mean, they're literally hilarious. just collateral damage. They are collateral damage. I mean, it's it's funny because like they are people, they're characters that they're made so you don't like them. But honestly, you look at them. You gotta be sympathetic, man, because they are victims in this whole thing. <laughs> it's they it's, really did nothing wrong, and they can have horrible things happen to them in this movie. Well, yeah. and it's like you're watching the movie and it, it has nothing – what you're watching has nothing to do with them. And then you get a little bit of a clip where you see them doing something. You're like, oh, shit, it's about to go south for those people. <laughs> like I don't know what's going to happen. They're just minding their own business and some shit's going to blow up. 
it's funny. It's like you watch the movie and you think to yourself, I'm like, like when you're watching the movie for the first time, as you're watching the movie for the first time, and now I, I realize it now with watching it this last time, I was like, holy shit, like this is like the first time we've actually seen like an outside view of what happens to people within Clark's radius. Like it's just other than his family, like complete non-family people, like what happens to them, like if they're just within like a like a one mile radius of Clark Griswold. Well, yeah, I mean, his, within his, feet of his house, but like his cousin comes to visit, and then the sewage tubes blow up. Like you could have been five houses down and not known, like not had anything to do with that, and yet your shit just blew up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, all right, so so I mean, like that's so. Just, I mean, there, there's all these notes we could talk about. Goody, why don't you go ahead? I know you got notes. Let's just start with your notes. Okay, so here we go. These are my T H O U G H T S dot dot dot. <laughs> That means thoughts. I actually don't know if I spelled it right just now. Whatever. We'll fix it in post. So, thoughts, Goody? Thoughts. No, 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 we won't. Proceed. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so, first of all, I love the animated short film that we have as a credit sequence. I think we could use more of those in movies. Like, even if it's like a, yeah. even if it's a heartfelt film like Sophie's Choice or something, they need an animated oh, credit sequence. Right. Dude, that's fucked up. That is pretty- <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, what, have, should we have like a, like an animated sequence for like Schindler's List or something, dude? I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, what I would know. you animate there? Do you? You might as well just show observed a Bambi or something at that. Like, yes. Are we gonna um, yeah, a girl walking around in the red jacket? Is that what we're gonna be doing? <laughs> why not? Why not? It can be powerful. Animation, animation can be a powerful medium, my friend. All right, how dare you? Oh my god! But anyway, more animated sequences as short what? films in the beginning. I, I, I liked it a lot, and then of course I have Leonard. Exclamation point! Because I totally forgot that guy. Um, then um, I, I, I'm already like at the my thoughts really start to kick off like with they're driving to get their their tree right. Um, okay, I don't know who actually does this, but they are driving off into like the snowy wilderness of nowhere like they park in a spot and then they're walking and they're like in the middle of yes, nowhere i know tree. but first of all i'm like hijinks near death no seat belts apparently that these people are wearing what <laughs> 80s man you know that yeah it's, it's a free year time everyone it was more innocent yes and, and i didn't realize that Ch- that that clark griswold was actually a driver from the fast and furious series apparently yeah he is um, <laughs> i don't, I don't, maybe I don't know about all that maybe he's from the b team maybe he's part of the D, the b team exactly he's just yeah he's just, oh God. But i'm like i'm like in the uh i'm uh, when i'm thinking about this I'm, I'm watching this and like they go to the wilderness they don't have a the kid does it oh, did you bring the saw i'm like oh no and then they they apparently proceeded to uproot the tree Big ass tree like that, which is like you see the the root network when they, it's on strapped to the the, the the roof of their car, but like how like that's what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All you have is one one guy in his forties or fifties and his like middle school or like lower high school son. They're not going to pull a tree out of the ground. Well, I, mean, I mean, if you saw, like, like, what kind of stuff does he have on hand? If he didn't bring a saw or an axe, <laughs> and if, he if has he has rope. And so that tiny little rope, he's going to tie to the back of that shitty little car and pull that giant ass tree out of the ground. I don't think well, so. He, I don't know. How, how can you get, get the car out there? That's the question. But no, the earlier in later on in the movie, he says, "Yeah, I dug it out of the ground myself." <laughs> it's just like with what your hands? 
kind of a savage yeah. are you? Dude? Yeah, which is another thing, which in, in, in that means that apparently Clark, Clark Wizzle, with all his goofiness, is also superhuman. Yes. <laughs> in some way, where the superhuman endurance, his, he can withstand the cold, because I don't know how you can get a tree out of the ground like that. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, dude, that was insane. So um, it's it's funny that we settled on on, and I, I don't mean to say like we settled, but we we decided upon watching this movie for our Christmas special, and just days earlier, um, I don't know if you guys watched this, but on YouTube there's a, a team or a company or whatever called Corridor Digital. They do a bunch of special effects and VFX behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. They did they do a series where they've got stuntmen that come in and they react to stunts in Hollywood movies. And they brought in a stuntman. They were reacted to holiday movies. And it only came out a couple days ago, but they react to the stunt where they're driving that car under the 18-wheeler trailer and, like, how they pull that off. Dude, that's some serious stuff. And that was cool as shit. Like, it's it's hilarious when you watch the movie because you don't think about the logistics behind making that happen. That's scary shit, dude. Dude, that is... Like, cause those are freaking like, I don't care if they're fake styrofoam logs. They have to be somewhat weighty cause they're not moving around on that truck when it's flying down the highway. It probably realistically is probably going like 35 miles an hour. But I thought that was cool as hell. Yeah, no, for real. Like, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of, I thought it was cool shit. And it's just, and, and I love the, I, I forgot that in that movie is the meme where he flips the bird to the guy next to it. Like, it's just, where he's just like, he just flips the bird and smiles. Oh, look, a dude. deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because we use that meme every year when when we go to play at uh, Florida State University, and so me and a, and a friend and the guy and Elias, we always throw that meme out there like, "Hey FSU," and just like <laughs> just <laughs> we're playing FSU this week, and it's just like that. So, but yeah, dude, it's funny, man. Like that 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 scene was crazy. And like, and and I just I really wanted to hear "Holiday" by Lindsey Buckingham, but it, they didn't play it for the movie, so I was just I was kind of despondent over that. I really was holiday roll. Well, didn't they use that for the um, National Lampoon's Vacation? Where they that was the, the first one. Where they go to? Yeah. Sorry, folks, parks closed. Yeah, Wally Wally Wally. Wally. yeah, Wally Wally. That's, there it is. That's where it was from. It was it was a theme song for the movie, and I think they used it for European Vacation too. But I don't know. I haven't seen European Vacation in fuck like thirty years. So I don't know that I've ever seen European Vacation. Maybe I'll need to do that. Anyway, I, I have no memory of European vacation whatsoever. Yeah, it's, it's, I have either no memory or very little. But I mean, I haven't seen it for like thirty years—at least thirty years—if I've seen it at all. So, I mean, if I think about European vacation, I think of Euro trip, which is a whole generation later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, uh, continue, Goody. Sorry about interrupting uh, your notes. Well, my my next thought was when um, we are at uh, Clark's. Uh, a place of employment. Oh yes. Um, and I realized it's for some reason I discovered eighties dad jobs in media are always fascinating to me. Yes, it's true. Well, because like, you never get their dad. That, well, you never really find out what the dad does a lot. It's always like they're in an office, they're wearing a suit and a tie. But corporate, you, they're just corporate. They're part they're of the corporate. corporate exactly. They're but to find control. out that Clark is instrumental. I, okay, here, here's what's great. Right. Here, like Clark. instrumental in making cereal, breakfast cereals that don't dissolve. <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. It's not just that. He is, it's like, it's food additives. What I guess what the company does. Yeah, so he, he, his, his job, which we found out his job in this movie, his job at that point is as a food additive designer, which is the most 80s corporate 
stupid name you could ever think of. Well, well it, 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 gave, it gave me a lot of layers here to think about. Because first of all, that means Clark Griswold is a chemist or a chemical engineer, right? True, true. So he's he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. Maybe he's goofy and a lot of other things, but he apparently is a chemical engineer, which is not anything to sneeze at or whatever is the expression. I have no idea. Um, but also, he is also the middleman or middle management or employee for a supervillain corporation because <laughs> because the food additive people are the ones that everyone reels against as to why kids are fat today or whatever. People are unhealthy because of all the things added to our foods. His job is to make those things. So he is like it's funny. He's just the regular guy working for some probably evil corporation that started by it's probably Luther Corp or something. I don't know or Lex Corp. <laughs> Lex Corp. Lex Corp. <laughs> That's what it is. It's perfect. That's what I love about that. He's like, oh, Quest Industries. <laughs> he, he he's he is he's he is he's the henchman of a bad guy, but he doesn't even know it. <laughs> it's and it's funny to me that you thought that far through it, <laughs> but. <laughs> I mean, are you still right? That the reason for child obesity in the nineties? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Clark Griswold. Clark Griswold. Yes, because he was, able, he, was able to, he was able to push through that veneer on cereal so that it won't it won't get soft in milk. You know, no, yo, all he wants is a swimming pool, man. <laughs> Which is very eighties as well. Oh, oh, god. Let's talk about the swimming pool. Which is also, which also, wait, wait, which also leads me to the whole thing of like these eighties dad jobs are also extremely lucrative because they always have gigantic houses. They do, they do. Except, except for, um, except for Mister McAllister. He he works for the mob. He has to work for the mob. Well, I saw that. Well, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah, that. Of course, anyone no who argues this is not, not even, not even, not even. You could think that Clark Griswold could pay for like nine first class tickets to Paris. Paris, no. Even with his money, no, no. I I stand by it. Mr. McAllister, Kevin's dad in Home Alone, works for the mafia. Done. End of story. Which means then those the, the <laughs> wet bandits got off easy because yeah. man, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they they only got burned and, and electrocuted in certain areas, so they could have lost their thumbs. You know, or dead. All of a sudden, you see uh, Joe or Joe Pesci's like an undercover made man. He just was there to make Marv feel better because that's his nephew. And he's just like, you motherfucker, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, we're getting off on a tangent here. All right. All right. Sorry. 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 Go, Goody. Go. Oh, um, let's see. Oh, another another John Hughes movie filmed in Chicago. FYI. Oh, oh shocker. Oh, okay. <laughs> in, I mean, reality, in reality, no. You know what's funny is that it wasn't just filmed in Chicago. So the external, like, city shots, that's Chicago. And some of the other shots are Chicago, but the house, like the neighborhood, okay, the neighborhood is in Burbank, California. Like what? all the snow and stuff. Yes. Wow. Oh my gosh. Is it like Hallmark snow or was how'd they do that? I have no idea. How do they even do that? I was, look, I'm looking at the filming locations. Like they filmed, like like the the place with the trees, like the mountain scenes. That's all in Colorado, which. It's funny because it's supposed to be Chicago, but there's no mountains around Chicago, so that's another thing. So, but the but the Griswold home, the exterior of the Griswold home, is in is a is a house in Burbank, California. Swear to God, I just I just think about like because they did okay the snow on the street 
is not where they stopped designing this set, right? So like the snow, yeah, you can you can spray fake snow and it looks like that, right? But like the street was wet, like the snow had been melting. Yeah. And that is like another level in my mind. Like they had to think that far ahead to like, well, what happens to snow? If it sits for a while, it might melt. So we need to put melted snow out? Like, Yeah, it, it's definitely not the foam that they use in the Hallmark Movies. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, it it was. I mean, the only places they actually shot in Chicago was Frank Shirley's office, which was a John in the John Hancock Center, uh, uh, Marshall Field, which is where he met up with the girl. Well, let's talk about that in a minute. Uh, and is that it? That's it. That's the only thing they shot in Chicago. Everything else was either in Colorado or in uh, Burbank or Glendale. Like like Mr. Shirley's house is in Glendale, California. And that one was like covered in snow. Well, maybe that was just a masking technique, right? To make mm-hmm. make it look right, because they they were excessive amounts of snow at that neighborhood. Um, yep, yep. But so, I mean, but yeah, no, it's insane, dude. It was insane. I read that. I was like, wait, what? And then I'm watching the movie after I read that, and I'm like, that's fucking great. <laughs> like the production designer for this movie was amazing. He was unbelievable to make. I didn't even think that this would be in California. I was like stunned. Not only that, but I mean, he had to cover probably like like every house in the radius, like within like five, six houses. So if you think about it, because when the cops show up, you're seeing a lot of exterior shots and shots down the street quickly. But I mean, you're seeing houses with snow. So not just the Griswold or the, 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 the Chester's house next door. You're seeing people on the other side of Clark's house. You're seeing people across the street from Clark's house. Well, with like snow. The, the sledding scene. Was well, the sledding scene—the sledding scene was actually in in Colorado. Oh, okay, that makes sense then. All right, that's in Colorado. That made sense. The Walmart is in Colorado. Yeah, Breckenridge. I think I saw that at the very end. Which that's yeah. for some reason I thought a lot of it was shot there because there was so much snow. I'm like, oh, okay, that's how they got all that snow is because they they shot a lot of it in Breckenridge, Colorado. Only to find out, no, the house and stuff was in California. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, for real, for real, man. Oh my god, it was insane. I was like, that's insane, dude. But but okay so let's okay so I want to talk about I want to talk about the Marshall Field scene a little bit like I mean how often I mean it was so hilarious because I'm watching this scene and I'm like dude this dude is such a fucking hornball dude like he sees a pair of boobs in front of him and he literally can't he just falls over himself and it's just hilarious to watch especially when. When fucking Russ comes over, like Rusty, just like, uh, let's talk about Rusty and Audrey, by the way. <laughs> How many children do they have, really? I don't know, but I have in my notes, I wrote that I want I want a better sense of continuity in the NLCU. <laughs> what? In the National Lampoon Cinematic Universe, I want there to be more continu- better continuity because their kids change age all the time. So whatever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I th- and then I heard someone say, uh, like in the in like, uh, what, uh, oh, what's it called? Aunt Bethany say, is Rusty still in the Marines? Does that mean he's got in the Navy? In the Navy. We'll see. I thought about that, but then in a, some, a, a detail I never noticed before: when you're, and I think she might, she might, she might not be talking about the you think maybe the Anthony Michael Hall character from the very first movie. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Anthony Michael Hall. Well, because if you walk that scene where he is in the attic and he watches the old films, yes. there was a guy in a sailor suit there. In that, in, the, in one of the old movies, like in the old movie, that's like not clearly the one that they made, the one they made for the 1950 or whatever. Like in one of the old, there is a guy in a sailor suit. So, when I, 
But was it like in the fifties? Like, could it be his dad? Maybe uh, it was in the fifties, but it was not his dad. It was not his dad. It was like in the fifties. It was not his dad. It was a guy in a sailor suit, which made me think. I wonder if that's what she was referring to. Maybe some other guy named Russ or something. In maybe the like like an uncle or something. Maybe. But like yeah. when she said it in the Navy and then I remember, oh my God, because I noticed that right away. I'm like, oh, look, some guy in, the, in a naval, in a, in a sailor, you know, naval uniform. It's and then she said funny. that, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. This movie has like really like surprisingly like very hard, you know, it's a funny movie as hell. It's, I mean, it's funny, like I'll get out, which is perfect. Like it's perfect John Hughes comedy. But on top of that, it's also got that perfect John Hughes heart, which is, you know, fun, crazy to say, but it's true. Like a lot of his movies have like this really like, like emotional base that that are just there you know what i mean and and they just show up like what you think what you just said right now like like who's this rusty character who's this navy guy in the film is that clark's dad who knows could be an uncle maybe that fought in the war who knows that passed away who knows yeah or um i don't know it was it was definitely something that like a little detail that i thought was sort of interesting how they that i don't know if it was on purpose or not but i'm gonna say it is so there it is yeah, yeah, for real. It was insane. Oh, back to Marshall Fields. No, okay, back to Marshall Fields. Who? Okay, uh, who hikes up their skirt in the middle of the store to show yeah. like the underwear? Like, wow. Okay, apparently she, she like, does. There's no seam except for yeah. you can see the tan line from where she normally wears her underwear and when she's yeah. not boobies. Yeah, and then and then he goes, "Isn't that amazing, Russ?" Yes, it is. <laughs> and, just like, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh my god." When, oh, when, when remember, like he, Beverly Beverly D'Angelo is his wife, and she's a, she's a very lovely woman. Oh, dude, so, like, I, I, I have, I have, I, dude, I no, I honestly. Oh no! Don't be honest. Young Beverly D'Angelo. No, let's not be honest. Like, oh, let's be very honest. No, uh, Beverly D'Angelo. The National Lampoon's Vacation. Beverly D'Angelo is hot as fuck. Don't get me wrong. Like she's like the original milf. I think. Exactly, yeah. and I, I, I honestly, I think, but but regardless, like. She, um, I don't know who hooked up the skirt. Like, what salesperson thinks it's okay? Maybe it's the eighties, different time. I guess Maybe. more innocent. I don't know. Like you said, Goody, it's a freer time. Freer more time. innocent time. More innocent time to show nudity. More innocent. <laughs> okay. Nope. <laughs> what are your thoughts on on that, Derek? On uh, let's talk about that. Derek. The salesmanship of the lady. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they can always be closing. Is that what Baldwin yeah. said? Yes, it is. Yes, it's coffees for closers, fucker. There you yeah, go. but but I mean, okay. As somebody who has both worked in sales and in retail, she is doing none of that. She's just answering and talking and not trying to sell anything. So she's just making money by looking cute. I would assume at this point. <laughs> but isn't that every like female like pharmaceutical salesperson? Wow. Okay. No. No. <laughs> Definitely I not. Am. I am distancing myself from the comment. No, no. Now, a more appropriate statement would be, isn't that the trope for the overly attractive woman in some kind of goofy movie? Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yes. Who, ends up, who, but, ends being, who ends up being a, a graduate of like Berkeley with a degree, with a, with a, with a master's degree in chemical engineering? Like she should be a food additive designer, but in, 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 instead she sells, she sells uh, underwear at the Marshall Fields underwear counter. It is kind she of a funny concept how like, like she, this this actress clearly has has done something right to have landed a role in a movie that is you know moderately large, right? And yet, like this is what she's gonna be doing. Like she got naked in a pool and she showed non underwear on her thigh, right? 
I, agree. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I mean, she's she's like in a like she's like in a lot of movies. Like I mean, the last thing she was in was in two thousand. So I mean, I mean, like she was she's been in like okay. NYPD. So, so she but she hasn't been in anything for twenty years, but no, we're in twenty twenty no. right now. No, no, yeah, she was in Boxing Helena. So I remember that movie. That movie was wild. wild. Anyway, and she was in Charles in Charge. Funny, cool. Anyways. Um, so, Charles uh, in charge. My yeah. God. Anyway, Goody, do you have more notes for us, please? I have. I have a lot of notes. Yes, um, keep going. Let's keep so, talking. Uh, if we're moving past Marshall Fields um, and when his son gets him, uh, as usual, middle class houses of the eighties are ginormous. Apparently, yes. Uh, we already kind of touched upon that, but like, who? No, that's not going to happen. Uh, there's no school ever, I guess, because it's like December fourteenth. And these kids ever talk about going to school or being in school? No one's mentioning anything about school. Yep. I don't Good know. Like, like it's Christmas break is out for the yeah, entire month break, of December. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's 20, it's 12, it's December 14th, one of the times. Like that's really early. Christmas well, maybe, always maybe they, maybe they weren't out already. It was just there, you know? No. No. Is it just me or does it feel like, and this might be just me, but does it feel like you're, whenever you were a kid, like think about like when you were in elementary school, your winter break and your summer break felt like they were months long, like four oh, yeah. months worth yeah, of like, like time to like do that. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yet, it was like a lot of time. Like two weeks. It was, it was basically two or three weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I remember that. when like people were like, oh yeah, summer break is like three months long. It's actually half. That's like a Can month you- and a half. Well, no, but for us when we were kids, it was like three months long. Because remember, know, when, when, I think when we were kids, when we when we were kids in Houston, we would get off like the first, like after know. like the first two, three days of June, and then we were off until Labor Day. Like it would, it wouldn't start until after that. Labor. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Well, I I mean, yeah, it was the safe answer is June and July. I was usually out of school. Oh no, no, no! We didn't start. We didn't start until the, either the maybe even the last week of August tops. Well, yeah, no school. Good point. Maybe two months. I don't know where are these kids at. I don't know who where they're going. Uh, Todd and Margot, their house is of course quintessential eighties cold business person chic. Is what I call that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's 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 American psycho chic. You know, just very yuppie, very cold, super modern. Not a lot hanging out on the walls. You know, I don't like, even remember. Were there even Christmas decorations? In the house? I don't even remember Christmas. I don't remember it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. I don't, even, I don't, I don't think they, they were. Remember they were like, like, should we have gotten a tree? Right? Oh yeah. Oh no, it's so cliche. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you know what's cliche about Christmas? Christmas. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's such it's such an eighties thing to say too. Like it was just like, oh, I don't know if I want to be that way because it's so cliche. And it's like such it's like, dude, you're such a bougie bitch right now. <laughs> it's just like seriously. Yeah, and like it's like it's so cliche. It's like wait, cliche exactly. Well, and not only that, but like, like you almost sound like you don't want to be corporate when you are the embodiment of corporate. At least one yes. assumes you are. Yes, that with their with their uh, with their aluminum foil running. Oh yeah. <laughs> Straight from NASA. Yeah, seriously. We talk a little bit about the turkey. Oh, oh. that was one we're of gonna, my thoughts. Hi, everybody. We're gonna be jumping around a lot. We can talk about it right now. We can't talk about that turkey. Um, I have always been uh, back to my fascination of this film. <laughs> I've always wondered what do you have to do 
to get a turkey <laughs> to become that way? Like what happened? What went wrong? Discuss. Said, I have no idea. Said, said, I don't know. She said she put it in uh what's his name? What's her name? Uh Miriam. Miriam, I think is her I name. Don't Mom. Know. Oh, the, Catherine, the, Catherine, the, Catherine. Catherine, Isn't Catherine. she like the, the sister-in-law or whatever? No, she's, yeah, the oh, no, cousin's, she's she, the cousin's wife. Yeah, she no, no, okay. So cousin Eddie is the cousin-in-law. Catherine is actually cousins, I think, with um with um Ellen. Ellen. I think she's Ellen's yeah, cousin. Ellen's cousin. I think she's Ellen's cousin. And she said during the whole thing when she was crushed, like, I knew I put it in too early. So does that mean she put it in and it was just so long in the oven that she dried the motherfucker out? The well, I mean, did she exactly. put it in the RV oven three months ago? I don't know, but that looked that looked surprisingly decomposed. Like it was just it, it was just nasty. Like and then of course I wrote down here I wrote down uh, turkey chicharrones. So because <laughs> the know. way they're eating, and the way they're eating it was just like it's like what you do when you eat like like okay so like for 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 Goody and me because we're Cuban we eat a a, a roasted pig like basically a roasted Christmas pig oh, basically it is a roasted pig on Christmas Eve it's roasted pig on Christmas Eve but the uh, skin of the pig since it's roasted and what you really like inside of course you know the, the meat is very is supposed to be soft and moist and, nice and really tender. delicious nice and tender but the outside like the skin is supposed to be crisp. Almost like a roasted baked chicharron, but it's not fried, but it's just like roasted. So, like, whenever we have, we have, uh, you know, uh, Nochebuena, which is Christmas Eve dinner, you have the, the pork and rice and beans, but then, of course, we always get like a piece of that skin. And what they're chewing on that turkey is watered, guys. It literally, <laughs> in my mouth, literally watered. I'm licking my lips right now, trying to so talk. Pavlovian. <laughs> it is, and so the way they were eating the turkey skin, I was like, "Dude, that's like me on Christmas Eve right now." <laughs> like when, like when I'm chewing on the skin of the lechon of the of the of yeah, the but pig. they're not enjoying it. It must be no, very not. different sort of texture. He keeps like chewing and then drinking water to get because it's probably so dry and so salty. Just God, it's so gross. I, I don't know. I, I look. I remember that's let me, let me to my part of the notes where it says that. It says, uh, oh man, where is it? Where do I have this? Let me try to decipher my own handwriting. Um, where is it? Oh yeah, I've always, <laughs> literally what I wrote, I've always wondered what went wrong with the turkey. Is that even possible? <laughs> it, it looks like the meat evaporated and all they have are like bones and skin. Sinew and sinew. Like it was sinew. <laughs> you would have to, you would have to cook it perfectly and then lower the temperature to like a hundred degrees and just let it sit in a dehumidifier room for like a year. <laughs> so it seems pretty elaborate. So I actually, I think, uh, what's her name? The character? Catherine. Cousin Catherine. I think Cousin Catherine is actually a, uh, a grand master of cooking and she puts, flipped this, she just flipped the script on everybody. It really? Like, of all the things that that family could do to make ends meet, and she doesn't try to do that for money? I don't know, man. I don't know. She beat science. That's all I'm saying. She beat science. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she definitely stretched what, what science thinks is possible. My God. She's <laughs> she's defied the laws of physics and biology. Of course. <laughs> and, and then thermod- and thermod- what happened to all the tissue in this turkey? It evaporated. <gasps> <Whoa>. <laughs> Turns out, if you get it to the right temperature at the right time of day, 
it teleports to another dominion. Whoa. <laughs> Rufus. Anyways, um, but <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I know so, Kung Fu. So um putting up Christmas lights. Uh how not to do it, right? Dude, I saw him stapling in that and I every single time he hit a staple, I was like, oh no, oh. I'm like, how are you gonna take it off? Oh no, like, no, please don't. Don't do that. Like, no, no, stop. Stapling, you're literally stapling to your roof shingles. Like, how are you going to remove it without removing your roof shingles? He has to he has to get one of those little staples used for the office, you know, those staple removers. Little little teeth thing. <laughs> yes. Don't take off those those pressure staples, right? Totally. Like, like an hour into it, he's gonna have like arthritis and carpal tunnel just because oh, no. he's it's a long. He's he's doing it until through March. You do a little bit every day. Is what it is. Oh, no, he was very liberal with the staples. Knowing Clark, he's just going to keep his lights on. He just won't turn them on. He won't just won't turn them on. He's going to keep them on all year. But I guess. <laughs> but like, I don't I know, mean, man. How perfect was that shot of the power meter just buzzing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like the auxiliary power <laughs> switch getting kicked on to turn on the rest of the city. <laughs> It was like the, the exterior power of the nuclear power plant. And then, of course, here come, here come the Chesters next door, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't see. Oh, my God. What's happening? What is that? They just, all of a sudden, right in the middle of their coitus, as they say. <laughs> Who? What? No. No. Who says that? Like, people like, like, I guess, very, oh, oh, very, very upper class people that Bebo hangs out with. Who use Latin. Yeah. Coitus. Um, moving on. Anyway, well, so okay. So when remember when Clark is trapped in his attic? Yes, yes I was going there. Yes, his, his attic is bigger than my house, or I feel like a lot of houses. <laughs> like he's got a huge attic in this gigantic house. He's a chemical then, engineer. He makes a lot of good money. I want to be. I, I want to be Russ. Can I be Russ? House? How do you his have house? that much money to afford that much house and not have shit in your attic? <laughs> And lots of stuff in his attic. Like stuff like, why is it as stuff is in your attic and not in your parents' attic? Like the old films from the 50s, why did you get that and not like your parents have that? Well, I mean, and the outfits, like the clothes he put on to stay warm were not of this decade. No, for sure. No. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why is it there? Why isn't it at your parents' house? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, it seems like their, their stuff. Like Aunt Bethany would be wearing that stuff. And why is it at his house? I don't know. Speak, speaking of Aunt Bethany. Dude. Let's go ahead and talk about Aunt Bethany. Wait, 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 wait. At one point, one point, when they're leaving and he gets stuck in the attic because they left because they had to go to Christmas shopping, go get lunch or something. How, he has a big house, but how did no one find Clark's giant ass body? Like he's a huge man. Like, <laughs> like everyone's like, did everyone just think, oh, I guess he's in the bathroom, but everyone thinks it's another bathroom. I don't know, man. How do you lose him? How do you I lose Clark Griswold? If you're talking about the attic, when he breaks through the ceiling, I mean, dude. You're Clark Griswold. You already broke through the ceiling. Just break through the rest of it and get out. But that's, like, the, oh, that's the joy of it. He's goofy down. enough he doesn't notice it. Yeah. He's so goofy he doesn't, he doesn't get it. He doesn't notice it. Which is why, like, you see him like warm his hands and obvious heat coming out of the house and just busted through the roof for, but whatever. Yeah, yeah and, like if it was me, I would have been like, oh shit, I broke through the roof. Ah, oh, fuck it. All right. Well, I guess I'm gonna be done. I might as well get through it and just get out of the attic and cover it up somehow. I'll figure something to cut it out. So I don't know, dude. I was just like, what the hell, dude? I'm oh trying to God. figure out how tall Chevy Chase is just because. Chevy? Oh, I can. Let's Google that. I'll Google it for you. I'm sure the internet will tell us. Yes. Height. And then when you guys are ready, I want to talk about Eddie's faux turtleneck shirt right. thing. You know he's got. We'll, we'll ask Siri. Hey, Siri. No, no, no. I already found the answer. Jeez. He's six foot four. Chevy Chase. 
Chevy Chase is six feet four inches tall. Thank you, Siri. Boom, told you. <laughs> but I want to hear sponsored Siri. now. Since we use Siri, I don't know. I don't know. I think we should. No, and I'll probably, probably get sued now that we use Siri. But either way, let's have fun with it. You're the first guy to use Siri in the like this year. Okay, <laughs> don't worry, they don't care. <laughs> I use Siri all the time. So look, do I. Look, look, try to be wrong less often, man. <laughs> no. <Hold on. laughs> I'll t- let me ask you another question, Siri. Hey Siri. Hey Siri. You realize you're setting off everyone's phones. Okay, moving on. Uh, so Eddie's shirt. I don't have an answer for that. Is there something else I can help? Sorry. No, you oh, can't God. open anything, Siri. And you're setting off everybody's Siri across the country. <laughs> that so, would be funny if that was the case, though. Eddie, Eddie's shirt. I don't know if you guys. I, I was looking very paying close, paying close attention to the uh, the details of it. So it's like talking about the dicky. Tell me, you're talking about the dicky. I'm sorry. What? The what now? What? Eddie, the cousin, right? Yes. yes. He was wearing the white sweater with a dicky turtleneck. I don't, that's what that's called. Is that what is it? What do you mean? What dicky turtleneck? What do you mean? Isn't that what a dicky is? No, I, I, have, no I don't idea. know what you're talking about, dude. I just, I just call dude. it. The, I call the fake turtleneck where you see it's clearly only goes up to like a part of his chest, but it's not a full turtleneck. That's why I thought it was so funny. Okay. I just, okay. I'm correct. It is actually called a dicky. That is what that is called. Are you serious? That turtleneck? Yeah, like it, it's just a small piece of cloth wow. that you put your head through, and then it's got a neck, like a like a collar, like a regular full shirt, but it's not. The rest of the shirt is gone, right? So you, you have to wear something over it. But of course, he picks the wrong color, so you can clearly see what he that it's wrong. Yeah, because it's like I think it's like a teal color on white. No, no, work. not even white. It's like it's like it's like a black or something, a dark color, and like a white shirt. So it's like you clearly see. That like he's not wearing a full turtleneck under that thing, so he picked the wrong color. Everything about this guy seems 1970s, out of fashion for the time of the movie. So was that a thing in the 70s? Oh, I wonder. Dude, I, just, I just saw it and I realized what it was. Holy shit, you're right. Oh my god. <laughs> that's yeah, actually, dude. That's actually a costume, by the way. FYI, that's a costume on on uh, on fucking eBay. The cousin Eddie combo. That's yes. What it's called. Perfect. Oh, it's, it's on Amazon called Men's Redneck Cousin V-neck. <laughs> it's literally on Perfect. Amazon. Perfect. <laughs> now, now if you could do if you could do me a favor and prove that what I'm what I believe is actually a, a law of the universe, find me the sexy version of that costume. <laughs> sexy version. Because there's always a sexy version of everything, apparently. I'm gonna do it. It's on Amazon. I'm already looking at it. Uh, sexy no. version? Sexy version. Well, I mean, the sexy version is one that's just done well with good colors and it's on an attractive model. So there we go. See, I told you. Bum, dumb, doom. There we go. There's what there there's what somebody did a picture of with a guy in front of a Christmas tree holding the Wally World glass with eggnog. Yes, perfect. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. Oh so, uh, so I wonder if that thing was a 70s thing because like everything about him seems 70s whenever he tries to yes. quote unquote dress up. Yeah, he wore oh. the leisure suits, all the leisure suits he wore. Yeah. And the dent and the de- the jackets and oh the, and the, the the shoes the shoes <laughs> yes he, he's like wearing hush puppies is that what he's wearing he's wearing hush puppies I don't know what those are I don't know what those are oh I don't know dude I don't know I'm man not a fashion guy I don't know those those names I, well apparently apparently Derek's a fashion guy because he knows the name of that thing that super obscure fashion <laughs> item yeah oh it was God. from Big Bang Theory oh, um, Howard wore them 
I was like, like the jeans that we're talking about, like the carpenter pants. I'm so I don't, I I was looking at that. I don't, I can't, I haven't found yet if it's related to the Dickies brand that we know, but it's called a Dickie that you wear. Like it's a Dickie sweater neck that you would (laughs) put on. Oh my God. I love that. That's actually a thing. Yeah. I, I assume it's from. It has to be from before the eighties because that's. Oh, that's, for sure, dude. I don't. I don't. I've never no, seen anyone in real life wear it. Ha- it has to be because everything. Whenever that guy dresses up, quote unquote, it's always like out of date stuff. Yes. So. Oh my god! All right. So okay. So I mean, moving on. Did you guys feel, like there was a funny scene? I thought I laughed out loud. Honestly, is when he's um they're getting the house ready. And and they'd already like you know put the tree up and the decorations. They said it's, they they asked their parents to come in. Clark said, "Hey, let's invite the parents, the in laws, you know everybody." And she was like, "Oh, are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's bring everybody. Have the family come." And so she so they come and the, the day they come, if you notice when they rang the doorbell and they kept ringing the doorbell, and like at the end, it was almost like a funeral bell. Like it went down so low that it went. Dong. Like it was like like a bell at a church during a funeral. Like it was a funeral dirge. It was, it was, was kind of like, I can't, I know that things like this existed before, right? But what? I can't remember, like, those, the, like, a, if, if you had a ringtone that the longer it went on, you, you knew that, like, it was, it was, it'd been ringing continuously that long, right? And so I, I feel like something like that had to exist at some no, point. No, I don't think that was the case as far as that. I think it was just, that was like the sound, and every time it rang in their minds, it was that was their sound, like as if, oh my god, these people are here, we're gonna die. Like it's just horrible feeling of just having family. Because if you saw later on when Clark was talking to his dad and he felt so bad about their Christmas vacation, and he was just like, Why was our Christmas holiday so fucked up? <laughs> like it was he even asked his dad, our holidays were so screwed up. Like it just it's like it's like I guess it's just like a thing with the Griswolds that their their holidays are just complete and utter fucking disasters in every way shape and form yeah i think it's like a genetic thing i don't know i just kind of wonder like why like like, why why did they go beyond the parents like they went okay it it was unplanned that the cousin and the family show up right that's fair right but you were already in hell when it was just your your wife your wife's parents and your parents right yeah why did you go to the next level Speaking speaking of hell was the great the I think the other like the line the greatest line I heard Clark say in the movie and I have to say it now because I'm gonna forget is when they're talking about leaving and he's like where do you think you're going nobody's leaving I'm reading it off guys just so you know nobody's walking out on this fun old fashioned family Christmas no no we're all in this together this is a full blown four alarm holiday emergency here we're gonna press on and we're gonna have the hap hap happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby da- tap dance with Danny fucking K and when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down the chimney tonight he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house <laughs> I like how he called it uh, one of my times I laughed out loud was when I, literally I lolled when he said the threshold of hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I think it best if everyone went home before things get worse. It's like worse. How could things get any worse? Tickle them around here, Ellen. We're at the threshold of hell. <laughs> I was like that's quintessential John Hughes like patter. It's fantastic. It was so good. I was so happy, dude. I was so happy when I heard that. I was like, oh my god, I didn't realize this line was in this movie. Like, oh my god, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> so, so the the quote. 
and I, I'm, I'm, I can't actually quote it, unfortunately, but there's a line that Chevy Chase gives when the lights finally turn on on the house uh-huh. and he's going down the family and saying thank you and congratulating. It's like he's accepting a award for getting the lights to work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes to his father-in-law and his father-in-law's first comment was, you know, the Santa and the reindeer aren't lit up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, the, the twinkling, the lights are twinkling. The, the special Italian yeah, lights are not twinkling. And, and he goes, you know, I knew you were going to say that. I'm glad you pointed that out. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Eddie goes, thank you for having us. Eddie's, he's like, oh, you're welcome, Eddie. Eddie? Eddie? And he just can't get He can't stop saying Eddie's name. He's like, Eddie? 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 Yeah. Yeah, oh, the whole dude. family is surprised at that. Oh, uh, what about when he at when Eddie was at when they were having the eggnog? He's like, "So, Eddie, when'd you get the ten men on wheels?" Like, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh shit. Yeah, like there's so many like like that. That's that's the humor. Goody can tell you this, dude. That's the humor I love. That it's just like this, like the humor that's just that's just like they don't they don't go for the big laugh, but it's like this like quick. They're just all like undertone, like because it was seconds later. He goes, "Oh, you know, don't fall in love with it. It'll leave with yeah. us when we head home next month." Yeah. And they just keep going, and they just keep going in the conversation. But then, of course, it's just like that one little bullet, silver bullet, right in the middle of the conversation, shot to the head, and all of a sudden they just keep going. You're like, "Oh my god, that was such a great line!" Like, would you get the tenement on wheels? Like, well, who says that? You know, you know, you know what I noticed about this also is that, and I, I don't know, maybe you guys, maybe agree with me on that but i noticed that i swear to god watching this movie chevy chase's delivery and even his sometimes his facial expressions that he, he gives when he delivers these lines are like ryan reynolds what ryan yes. reynolds does it is like, like, like proto ryan reynolds oh my god I, i'm convinced like at least with this role you know yeah. he's, he's clark griswold but like with this role in this movie especially i saw i'm like oh my god i'm seeing like what ryan reynolds becomes like his his style of the sliding those lines in there, like obviously he didn't write it, but like the, the way just the delivery is that it's Rod Reynolds, what Rod Reynolds does, I think. Yeah, it's true. No, yeah, there's a whole there's, there's so much like he does in the movie, like just talking about stuff like that, and it just he just throws it down like so easily, man, so easily. It's just it's just so, and it it just keeps rolling with it, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's just. What about um? What about when when Clark is shopping? And Eddie just keeps dumping dog food. Like he oh, put yeah. five kinds of dog food into that cart. And they're yeah. giant bags. Yeah, they're like 60 pound bags of dog food. But I also noticed they're super cheap too. <laughs> they are. Well, I mean, I mean, in the 80s. I mean yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's 89 prices, but if you notice, like, it was like the big, the Old Roy, I guess that's the Walmart brand. I think that's, I don't know whose brand Old Roy is. Mm, it was probably. like those. Because I think it still exists, Old Roy. That that dog food, those sacks. If you look at it, it was like five bucks for one of those bags, yeah. and like the the previous thing of bag was like ten bucks. It was like five dollars and ten dollars for those huge sacks of dog food. Which I don't know why Eddie needs so much dog food. Uh, who knows? It's for the, it's for the what's the dog's name? What was the dog's name? I don't know, but he was okay with snot. eating Jello. His name was Snot because he's oh, got his snot. Snot. snots. Yeah, dude. What well, about okay? So, but but he seems. To, I, I think it might be for Eddie because like he was okay in the cat food and the Jello. So 
Oh, speaking of which, that when you saw him, when you saw Clark eating the the, the jello, he's like crunching. He's like, "This is weird. Why is this crunchy?" And then he looks. He knows it's cat food. He's like, "Hey, Aunt Bethany, you got any cats? What?" It's just, it's like, oh, um, dude. Oh, I just saw so, a line. I just saw a line that it was from. The, sorry, sorry, Derek. I'll, I'll let you go to it. There was a line for the eggnog, just like what you said about like he's like the proto Ryan Reynolds kind of thing. He's like, "Hey, uh, he goes, can I refill your eggnog for you to Eddie? He's like, can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out in the middle of nowhere and leave you for dead? He's like, nah, I'm doing just fine, Clark. <laughs> like, yeah, that was perfect because he wasn't. He was totally tuned out. He's just too dumb yes, to realize. Exactly. Old Roy uh, still sold at Walmart. I don't know if it's one of their brands, and they don't offer dry kibble anymore, uh, so you can't get that. It's probably you know it's like one of those that's collectors like those items. Collectors <laughs> kibble. <laughs> It's probably one of those uh, like those brands that if you actually feed it to your dog, it's more of like a a, a colonic, where it's just like oh <laughs> like 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 when we were growing up, Goody, remember? Like you never feed your dog Purina unless you want. No, 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 like- no, 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 Alpo. Alpo, Alpo, Alpo. That's what it was. Did you never feed your dog Alpo because it would literally give your dog the shits like all the time? So, I don't like, know about the dry food, if the, but like it was the the canned Alpo canned. food. Yeah, dude. We never, we, whenever we had to give our dog Alpo, it was like, fuck, and then it would be just like wet shit. It's just nasty. Ew. That sounds yeah, now we just lost the Alpo sponsorship. We did. Yeah. We did. Sorry about that, Alpo. And O'Roy doesn't I want to support us either. I think, we're, I think we're, they're, they're going to want us to have what was the what was the that that that, that brand of dog. Speaking of dog food, what was that brand of dog food that was like uh, uh, you you filled it with like a sauce afterward? I don't know. Oh. I think gravy train or something like that. Chuck wagon. Chuck wagon's a restaurant. Chuck wagon. Chuck wagon. I remember get gravy train, but I think I gravy thought that train. was, uh, was, was that cat train. food. No, it was dog food. Gravy train. Yeah, you're right. Gravy train. Speaking of uh, food, and when we're talking about him being a food addict, I'm just jumping around because I'm remembering all these scenes. When he's talking to uh, Ruby Sue, did you see in the back a box of nut and honey? I did no. not. No. Yes, he had a box of nut and honey. I was like, oh my God. Like, I remember those commercials. What are you eating? Nut and honey. What are you eating? Nut and honey. It was the dumbest commercials, but it was just, it was like 80s and early 90s. Yeah, and someone gets frustrated because you're not telling them. They think, oh, you're saying nothing, but it's nut and honey, and they're telling you. And- exactly. Wow. But, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Derek. Go ahead. I don't even remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> <laughs> the dog food conversation just was became too much. <laughs> oh, oh, I remember what it was. Uh, Purina. If you're out there and want to sponsor us, let me know. There you go. <laughs> let us know. Hit us up on Movies on the Rocks. Blue Buffalo. Big fan of Blue Buffalo over here. Yeah, exactly. Blue Buffalo. Oh, yeah. That's always oh, a good one. Yeah, for sure. All day, baby. All day, Blue Buffalo. Merry I mean, Christmas, if- dog food. <laughs> <laughs> to any listeners out there, you know, the all five yeah, of you, you, um, you now you know what, kind of food, what we feed our dog. If, if anybody wants to sponsor us, our email address is moviesontherocks2020 at gmail.com. Just to let you know. Because <laughs> right. the year will never change. The year will always be 2020. Hell yeah. <laughs> the worst. Because, you know, every year, every year will not suck. It's, it's a reminder that every year will be so much better than this one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ain't that the uh, All right. Um, what else? Fuck me six ways from Sunday. Okay. Anyways. Uh, wow. All right. Oh, okay. So first of all, a couple of things. It has, regarding his boss and his job, when he goes to that one scene earlier in the film, I think we already passed by it if you're looking at this chronologically, but we goes to his boss's, the big conference room. Oh, and yes. 
the minute I see it, it's very cold and whatever businessy eighties type thing. But he's got the assortment of hourglasses on there. I noticed that. I, it's like there's like three or four hourglasses of different sizes. And I'm like, there's got to be a deeper symbolism to this. I don't know what it is. I feel like John Hughes is probably smarter, was smarter than I was, am, was smarter than I am. But like, <laughs> there is a, I'm trying to get the con- con- conjugation right. I don't even know if it's conjugation is the right word, whatever. It you know what? Anyway, the point is, he's got all these hourglasses on his desk, which none of them, they're all flipped over and they're already empty. So they've already, the, 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 the quote unquote time has run out. And yet I'm wondering, there's got, I feel like there's something they're going for there. Cause why? I'm telling you, there's like three or four hourglasses on his that huge ass conference table in front of him when he's like talking or yelling in the phone or something. You know, when when uh, Clark is walking in with a little gift to give him or something. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hourglasses. There's got to be something about that. I don't know what it is. Maybe someone smarter than out, out someone out there could tell me. But uh, the podcastiverse. But yeah, hourglasses. Deeper symbolism. I don't know. That's my thought. I'm um, pretty sure that, um, and I. I I'm probably drawing too many conclusions here from just. Or you're not. I mean, the film. There was a thing I heard at some point where they were preparing to pitch a movie to a studio, and depending on like how much they liked you, is how much time they would give you. So he's got different hourglasses for how much he likes somebody. So I'm going to flip over the short one because I don't like you, and you've got this long to talk to me until I cut you off and say get the hell out. That's good. That's as good as I can think of. Awesome. Yep. Job. Nice work. <laughs> That's it. Write it that, down. That, it's done. That works, that works with his level of assholitude. You know what I mean? Like It's now movie lore. Someone <laughs> write it, write an article, put it on the internet. It'll be permanent forever. But you have part to, it's part of the NLCU. Have to, you, have, you have to reference movies on the rocks because we said it. Yeah. Yeah. TM. Put that, put that in the bibliography page. There you go. The, the work cited. There you go. My gosh. All right. Oh, speaking of which, so I just looked in IMDb and I was looking at like, what is this guy directed? Like the guy who directed this movie? So he All directed kinds of stuff, dude. Yeah, I, I didn't he's he's a big TV guy. But he like after he did this, he did another movie called Arrive Alive. I don't know what that is. But then he did Benny and June. He directed Tall Tale. He directed Diabolique with Sharon Stone. And then he directed of which is probably why he only did TV now, is because the last movie he directed was the Avengers in 98. Oh, the one with uh, Uma Thurman and Ray Fiennes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Sean Connery. One of his Connery. last roles, I think. Yeah, it was one of his last roles. Is it all related to the Avengers that I know? No. It's no. A, it's an old 60s show. From the old from British the- 60s spy show. Spy fi show. Spy classic. Spy yeah. classic. Yeah. Show. Actually, did you ever watch um, Game of Thrones? Frozen? Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't into Derek, it. you never watched Game of Thrones? Well, you should. Yeah. Okay, then yeah. Then my reference means nothing to you, but still, you should. I made but it the this lady, long. I'll, I'll probably the, skip it. <laughs> the la- oh, wasn't, wasn't it, what's, the, wasn't, what's her name, the, uh, the, the Queen of Thorns? Wasn't that her? I, I, she's, whatever, Highgarden is what Highgarden, she, yeah. she's the, 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 the family that, the, I forget what family they are. Oh, I, I would remember now. That, yeah, that she's a Highgarden, the, the, the family who's set in Highgarden. Queen of Thorns, the All right. old lady. Because they have the like old a, lady. yeah, they have a rose or something as a yeah. symbol. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe they are. All the Game of Thrones fans are like freaking out now. I'm sorry, but yeah, <laughs> she played the character Emma Peel. I think is the name of her character. She was pretty. She was really pretty. Yeah, 
beautiful. You gotta, Derek, look it up. Look up the Avengers. The 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 guy, the the male character who was played by Ray Fiennes in the movie, but by another actor, another British actor from the sixties. You've seen the actor in other things as well. Yeah, he's, a big, he's a big character actor. His look was awesome. The boulder with the the umbrella. Oh, I loved it, dude. And and, and like the black suit with the thin tie. Super yes, sixties like mod, dude. Check it out. It's good. I'm looking it up now. It actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, I mean the the look of the series and all that. The movie I don't remember all that well, but yeah, whatever. It was it's not it's not great. It's not. It was a it was a box office bomb. But and 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 oh, you might watch it because you liked In the Army now. But who knows? Oh no no no! no. Moving on. Not, so oh, um, wait wait wait. And then In the Army I, now. So I, I got I gotta tell you that knowing how the movie was going, that I know I remembered like there was no bonus. Um. For the uh, for for Clark, it was, it was going to be like some sort of. I knew it was going to be a, a something of the month club. But I didn't know what it was, yeah. right? But knowing that there's no bonus made the scene where he's like got the envelope and he's talking about it yeah. made it that much more cringy to me. Yes. I was like, oh my god, I, I, actually, I, I, I could hardly watch it. Honestly, I, I I couldn't like right when it happened. I was like, I can't see this, <laughs> and I actually fast forwarded a little bit because I just couldn't watch it again because it's it's so hard. It's because I know because you love this character so much and it's building up so much. So when it happens, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but, so yeah, but that's the gift that keeps giving. Oh, I know, I know. You're right. And I'm you know over- what? I like a good jelly. I'll be honest. Like, there's some really nice spicy or savory jellies out there. Oh, dude. Okay. For anybody who hasn't, if you go to Kroger, look, start off simple. In the cheese area where they've got all the fancy cheeses, they've got jalapeno jellies. It's incredible. It will change your life. Try it, please. They're so good. I love these kind of jellies. Oh, my God. Okay. We're high high class here. Oh, Oh, yeah. Anyway. so on, on the same the same vein as uh, you know like how much money could Clark possibly make to afford all of this? Uh, we get a kind of glimpse at that whenever we see uh, his boss's wife calling the police in this beautiful library with rich mahogany furniture everywhere, oh, and oh, leather bound gold plated books, and oh my oh, goodness! Oh, on, on top of that, she uh, they take her to Clark's house in a full length shoulder to floor. To foot, uh, white mink fur coat, which is completely eight. Oh, and she didn't forget. She didn't forget her 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 earrings and her diamonds. Yeah, but she did forget her clothes because she was still wearing her nightgown or whatever it was when she made the but, call. But she wore she wore the mink coat because you know she has to look presentable. Oh my gosh, it was so ridiculous. But like you see that office and dude, it is decadent. Like my god. <laughs> That's do that. That's uh, that's what Goody was saying. That's like that's totally eighties, like like uh, uh, evil, you know, corporate empire. You know what I mean? Like it's I mean, business. Like, it, it's funny because like I think about like today, people like like I feel like a, a guy strives for like a man cave or a theater room or maybe an office. Right? This guy had a library. <laughs> exactly. exactly dude i met just one room yeah, yeah. <laughs> he may have had a, a man cave as well he could have he could have um what about uh with when cousin eddie is arguing why he can't use the sled because he doesn't want to dent the plastic plate on his in his in his skull 
Because it would make his hair look bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, and then like he's ex- and then like Clark, of course, is explaining this like high, this high, uh, this high slake like uh, like silk silicon residue spray that's completely experimental. But hey, let's throw it on the 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 the, the sled uh, and and ride down a hill with it. You know. Well, what I love how it's like he's still a food additive guy, so that's going into food. Yes, exactly. But on a, on a production note, when they showed the hill, did you guys see the the explosive wire that they used? Yes, dude. I was like they could have done a better job and covered that up at least. Well, I mean, they cut so quickly away from it. Like you can't tell that the smoke from the flame is is not actually snow being kicked up, right? Yeah. They they do a pretty good job. I, I feel like it went most fast. people probably won't notice. I was surprised at how fast that wire burned. I was like, holy shit. Cause it wasn't like they sped it up. They didn't speed it up because everybody was moving at normal speed. But that thing went boom. It just went right down the whole thing. It was like, holy shit, that was fast. Oh, dude. You might want to go go on YouTube and watch some uh some pyrotechnic special effects kind of clips on YouTube. Dude, there's stuff. They've got this thing called poof powder. It ignites faster than your eyes can perceive. It is both on fire. And extinguished before your eyes realize what happened. Jesus Christ, dude! Yeah, there's all kinds of cool shit they use in movies. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of which, um, I, I love those. Um, what's his name? Uncle Rob or whatever the that guy who's on um, he's on Bat Dad a lot. He's like uh, he's in the one in the Robin costume whenever Bat Dad's around. What? I don't know what you're talking about, dude. On YouTube, I think his name's Uncle Rob. Nope. And all he does, all he does in uh, I think he's Uncle Rob. Whatever. Either way, all he does is blow shit up in his backyard, and he's actually like a friend of the guy who does Bat Dad. And like in earlier Bat Dad's episode, he shows up and he's dressed in like a Robin pajamas, but it's horrible because it's like a kid's Robin pajamas. So he's like literally always pulling like the pajamas out of his ass. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what are you watching, man? Dude, I can't. I can't even fathom what is on your recommended page. Dude. <laughs> But anyways, the algorithms are like, oh wow, okay. Well, I guess this guy's like, I don't like this. So that's that what guy, you want. That guy, that guy, uh, he has a video. He has videos of him just blowing shit up in his backyard because he's like a up against the woods. So he's like blowing shit up all the time. I mean, all the time, dude, all the time. And on top of that, he did goody. He was the guy um, when COVID first started coming out. Everybody was talking about the masks and stuff. And oh and yeah, 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 that video. Okay. That dude, that's uh, that's Uncle Rob. He's the one who has all these videos. And that video was the one that, like, he was, like, showing, like, how he was experimenting with how a mask can protect you. Because the mask isn't really for stopping what's coming to you. It's, it's about what comes out of you. You know what I mean? Like, what you're going to give to other people. So you're he was, like, protecting others, not yourself. I exactly, think that's what you're trying to say. Exactly. Not protecting others, but you're, you're bringing others from you. And so he had, like, a, a, a mannequin head with a spray top and he covered the head with the mask and it was, he was spraying another head that was like behind like a flame. You know, it had like a flame, like six inches from his face and he kept spraying it. And it wasn't because like, Holy shit, this is actually working. And it only burned through the mask when he got really close to the flame. No, like literally but, like practically up against it. Like you have to be like, your nose has to be touching the other person for your sneeze to penetrate the mask. Dude, yeah, it was wild. It was wild to watch it. I'll I'll get you the link, dude. But anyways, speaking of which, blowing shit up. That was great. That whole scene with the sled was is just it's perfect. I love that scene because when he goes through the forest 
it's just like classic Clark. It always makes me laugh. Like when he goes later dudes and then like, yeah. kicked off. <laughs> like I don't know if that's cliche. Maybe that's everyone's favorite scene in this movie, but I laugh out loud every time I see it. Every time he goes later dudes. <laughs> that's it. It's like, it's my I'm like, yes, comedy gold. That's it. I laugh. I laugh. I laugh every time, every time. I love it. I love it. I don't know if I like, I, I'm pretty sure I prefer this, the, the crotchety grandfather who's always griping and lights oh, that Uncle stogie. Lewis? Uncle Lewis. Yes. A stogie. And, then, yeah. and then like, he's, hey, he's hey, like, hey, he, he burns the tree down and he's like, tree's a little dry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh dude. Like, like, and, and every time I see him, you know, cause it's funny. I just saw this movie. We just saw this movie for the holiday special, but literally two days ago, we watched A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah. He's the voice of the professor, the, yeah, the scientist. Guy. scientist. Yeah, the one who created Sally. He's the voice of Sally. So can we talk? I have I have one complaint about this movie. Okay. And I, I, don't, I don't know how valid it is, so I need you guys to reel me in. Um, the general premise, like the thing that this whole movie is building up to, aside from Christmas itself, is the bonus check so he can pay for the pool. Right. And, and he, he comments about how he wrote a check that he doesn't have the money for. Um, and it was, he said something that was like $7,500 down to, to start as soon as the ground thaws. Right. Whatever. But then when he's confronting his boss in his home, he says something along the lines of, you know, it's one thing if you want to save a buck, but it's another thing when you, when people depend on their bonus as part of their income. Yeah. And he's, he's implying there that he's depending on this bonus check for crucial income when really it's already spent on a freaking pool, which to me, I don't consider as critical necessity. Right. So, um, is he just milking it a little bit too much to try and make his point come across? Or is that a crucial line to really hit home the impact and, and pivotal change in the storyline here. I, I was, that occurred to me too. Cause I'm like the, um, what is it? Well, you know what? Because when he says, Oh, it's a bonus. But when he said that, but people are depending on it. And I'm like, well, that's kind of the thing with the bonus. You're not, it's called a bonus cause you're not guaranteed it. So for you to assume you're going to get it, you're not supposed to, and it's your you're like, well, like you should know that already. That like you're so, under your company's under no obligation to give you anything for a bonus well, because it all depends on how well the company did. That's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily well, true. I mean, what? I, well, what, what in corporate well, America says you're guaranteed a bonus every year? It's part of your compensation. So, so I I, I kind of agree with where Thomas is at. Uh, Thomas, I'm sorry, not Thomas. Thomas, I know um, I, I, you better fucking recognize, bro. When when it's not something I think the company is obligated to give to the employee, but I do think it is something the company is obligated to tell you if you've had it for the last few years and they decided that they're not going to offer it this year. And it's, it is part of your compensation based they on be the telling fact. you that hey, you're not going to get it this year, even though you've got it in prior years. Okay. Because Okay, maybe, but but in your compensation, it tells you that you you are with your with your salary. You're also given 
uh, 10% bonus. Granted, you're right. They, they, they don't, they're not, they don't have to give it to you every year. But like what Derek's saying is legally they're supposed to tell you. I don't think legally they have. I don't think legally they're supposed to tell you that you're going to get a bonus or not. Mm, no, yeah, they are supposed to. Well, okay. Well, okay, so you have to keep in well, mind, me, Tomas, okay. that the company that we work for that will go unnamed. Never um, going to go out of business. So, Well, no, no. Th- that is part of your employment package. They tell you you will receive this amount of a bonus. And they call it a bonus. I get that. But I think a bonus by definition doesn't have to be delivered to anyone no, unless it is a bonus touted as something that is guaranteed, I right? It, I guess it's on a company, a company, a company. Well, that's what I mean, which means it's not legally, like they're not, no company's legally required to tell you. Uh, for me, it wasn't the, the fact that they were, they were required to, it's that Clark makes the point that you, he even says it, like, he, he says it to the fact of like, oh, and you have to give a bonus, I get that or whatever. But what people were relying on, I'm like, well, that's, I mean, that happens because when you're used to getting a bonus every year, you, you, you think of it as part of your salary, but technically, it's not. It's a bonus. Yeah, I mean, I you, guess it, you, you should not be relying on it every year. People do it. I get that. I totally understand. And you're right. People rely on it because they've been getting it every year. But you're supposed to not. To, you're not supposed to because if it's a bonus, you, you're never guaranteed a bonus. I think. I think. I think. I think, I think Goody also, uh, Derek. I think Goody is because Goody. Goody thinks this way because he's never really experienced really having, I guess, a bonus like that other than something he knows he'll get a bonus for based on whatever contracts he has for like extracurricular stuff or extra stuff. But when it comes to the sales side, I mean, because it's in your, in your kind of employment aspect of it, your employment compensation agreement that you have with the company for your position, because it's, it's in your position, it's in your compensation that you will receive a 10% bonus check. You know, of course, based on the company's discretion. Well, that, and that—that's then you just you just proved my point yeah, for no, me. That's yeah, it. No, and, and I agree with you, but I think because it's in your in your in your in your in your in your compensation that you have with the company, I think legally they're supposed to at least tell you because it's part of your because that compensation is a percentage of your annual of your av- annual salary. So it's based on they, they just told you, but but they give you the money amount ahead of time. But they told year. you. But they told you. They just so, told you it's up to the company's discretion, depending on how the company performs. So that's what I'm telling you right now. You may not get it. We just let I you give the heads up right now. I think it's all semantics. I no, think that's semantics. It's, simple, oh yeah, it's right. Bonus. Point. We have a simple <laughs> answer here. I'm going to be Switzerland, and suddenly this argument is not resolved. <laughs> Listeners, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know who's right. I want to hear it. Who are you? Who team are you on? Team Goody or Team Bebo? <laughs> anyways but yeah we, we can go on and on about this goodie because you know i'm right so anyway moving on uh oh gosh it's okay goody <laughs> i understand i'm pretty no, I, sure for, for i get 40, it it's fine years. the squirrel the squirrel yes i want to just tell you something that i just found out right now breaking news i aunt swear bethany, if this is about bonus checks i'm gonna be pissed no, it's not it's not aunt bethany I just read it now. I swear to God, I just read it now. The lady who plays Aunt Bethany, Mae Ketzel, she's the voice of Betty Boop. Like, originally. Holy shit, really? Of Betty Boop and Olive Oil from Popeye. Wow, classic. That's it. Dropping bombs and information here in your ear on Movies on the Rocks. Do 
that is incredible because Betty Boop is way better. About to drop this mic, but I don't want to because I don't want to have to pay for a new one. But it's amazing. Yeah, because you never know if you're going to get a bonus. Moving on. um, Drop my phone. There you go. Gosh. So when is when did Betty Boop? Wasn't that like an early early thirties, dude? Wasn't it? Like I I keep thinking thirties. She's the original Betty Boop. She's the original Betty Boop, dude. She was born in 1908. So the first Betty Boop that 1930. she- 1930. 1930. 1930. I've got 32. I don't see one before that. I'm I have 1930, wrong. Battery of Songs, 1931, Silly Scandals as Betty Boop. Oh, so dude. Silly Scandals. Gosh. How is it that we know about Betty Boop but we don't know about Dickies? <laughs> Because Betty Boop is a is a cultural icon, and Dickie's oh, dude, I more think like you, a fad. If you ask anyone under the age of thirty now, they probably don't know who Betty Boop is. Dude, dude, I'm looking. She's if you look at her like her her list. Do they know what Dickies are? No, 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 definitely not. Definitely okay. not. They don't know either. <laughs> I'm looking, dude, I'm looking at uh, at at this whole thing, the list, and yeah, she's olive oil in the first Popeye the Sailor, titled "I Eats My Spinach." That's the first Popeye. So, well, she was in her 20s. Think about how old she was. She was in her early 20s oh, no, when, those, no, she, when she made those. Oh, she was born in 1908. So, yes, she was, what, 25? Yeah, 25. Fuck, man. Yeah. 25. And then when she was, when she did, when she did, uh, when she did Betty Boop, she was 23. 23 years old. Crazy, dude. Some of these episodes' names are insane for oh, Betty yeah. Boop. There's definitely Since things on here that shouldn't have been. Oh, she she reprised the Betty Boop name in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit, yeah, dude. That is so legit, <laughs> dude. I Betty love Boop this. <laughs> I love that. Betty she's Boop was having a hard time finding work because cartoons went to color. I love that. She's the shit, dude. She's the shit. Dude, she also reprised Olive Oil when they when they did like a Papa the Sailor in the 60s when they did the new episodes. Dude, she's awesome. This lady's fucking. She's she's like she's bro. She's amazing, man. Amazing. National treasure. National treasure. May Kestel. Okay, so the squirrel. The squirrel. squirrel. This is for me. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about for the for me. This is actually my my last thought. This is at the end of the movie. This is my last thought for the movie. Because we've already talked about everything else. Um, like they're really scared of this squirrel. Okay, here's the thing. Join me on this journey here because my my process is it like bees. Because when you're walking along, you see a bee outside in the field, you're like, oh, look, a bee. But if a bee is trapped in your car with you, it's like burning wreckage. You're going to destroy everything. Everyone's going to die there and you're freaking out, right? Yes. Because like I see a squirrel. Oh, a squirrel. But I think about it, man. If I see a squirrel in my house, like there, even when the squirrel's no longer like, like if it's not on someone, that's kind of freaking out. But like if it's just in the house, they seem to be really, really scared of a squirrel in their house. Like squirrels will do nothing to you. I don't know. Okay. So I have uh, actual knowledge on this topic here. So uh, my grandfather (laughs) told me a story once where he was working at a gas station and a squirrel got into the bathroom in the gas station. And it was one of those bathrooms that was in the gas station, right? It wasn't around the side of the building. He tried to catch the squirrel. And if you don't realize it, because you just see squirrels run across the yard and they dart up a tree and you're like, oh, well, they're squirrels. They climb trees. They must be really good at it. Right. But you realize the only reason they can do that is because they have 10 razor sharp claws in the front and another 10 in the back. And they're all 
very sharp because they're wild animals. And so they will dice your ass up, dude. You do not want to be in close quarters with a squirrel. I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't okay. buy it. Whatever. Dude, you, act like, you act like you know you know what's happening. Like as if it's like you've been in close quarters with a squirrel, have you? No, no, no. Not me. My grandfather, in honesty, right? But um, you know, obviously this happened when he was much younger, and he still has the scars to prove it. So holy shit. It is it is uh they they're they're not necessarily like mean animals, but if they're cornered in a small space, they don't want to be around you and they can't get away and it's like, you know, raccoons. it's like raccoons. Raccoons are not they're not necessarily mean animals, but if you corner a raccoon, man, it will kill a dog three times its size. Or what is it? Uh, wolverines are like that too, apparently. Yeah. yeah, they're not mean, but if you corner well, a wolverine, wolverines may be mean, but apparently a wolverine that's cornered is like especially mean. Yeah, like a, like a honey I don't badger. Know. I, I, yeah, I, I still don't. I don't know, man. I feel like the the reaction to a squirrel in their house, which is that big ass house. Is a little bit much, but then again, it lop, leaped on people and was like on someone. I don't know. It I don't know. Back. <laughs> so. It was kind of comical how like obviously fake that that squirrel oh, was. Oh, yeah, it was. It was like the cat <laughs> in uh oh, no. in the reanimator. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was just like that. Jesus, that what about golden. Like, like when it jumped on Louis Louis Dreyfus when she walked out the door and he opened the door and he jumped on her and then the dog and jumped then on the her. dog <laughs> and he just closes the door nonchalantly and carries on. <laughs> All right, he's like, all right, problem solved. And he just walks back. The, I mean, again, those poor Bah Humbug neighbors, like again, <laughs> they're made they're made for you to like to hate them the way they are, but like they don't deserve any of that. Oh, none at all, dude. They're I mean, innocent they're bystanders. Assholes. They're assholes, but they didn't do anything to him. Nope. They did not. Uh, oh, okay, so any any other notes that we want to cover before we wrap yeah, up? Yeah, actually, I, I, I got a few, dude. I got a, okay. I got a few more, bro. Few more. So, so there was um, God, what was it? Oh no! So like, like we were talking about like Uncle Lewis and like his cigar, but let's talk about the cat, dude. The cat that that, that Aunt Bethany had brought into the house, wrapped that up in cat a box, got lit up. <laughs> and it Literally, and it burns itself. It like explodes underneath the, the chair because Clark turned the light back on, plugged it back in. That was absolutely probably the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Ever, dude. Ever, dude. I mean, it's just there's so much this movie. That's like everything is like every five minutes there's just something happening. You're just like, oh my god, could this show, could this movie get any better? Like, it's I so thought it was weird. funny how like they didn't. It didn't even matter that the cat was gone. Like no. the cat had died. They're like, well, shit, the cat's dead. Now the couch is furniture. The, the furniture's messed up. We got to throw it out. Clean the carpet. Turn on the tree. Move on. Right. Yeah. Dude, it was it was so good. Like I was just I was just absolutely ecstatic when that happened. I was like, Jesus, this movie's out of control. Every time I watch it, I just like I see something new every time I see it, man. I was oh, no. trying to figure out the whole time because you know whenever uh, when when what's her name uh, Betty Boop shows up and she's got the cat wrapped up in a box, right? <laughs> yes. If you watch Chevy Chase, like I'm watching him very closely and he's doing an incredible job of making it look like that box is moving on its own. But was he doing it or was it someone's like, like pulling on a string? I no, no, I think it was, I think it was him doing it. I really think so. I don't know. I don't know, but it was so good. Great. Yeah, me too. Like I watched every time I watched it, like, is he doing that? I can't tell if he's doing that or if someone's like pulling on a string underneath and he's just like shaking it afterwards. You know, like there's like, there's a beginning tug and he's just kind of shaking it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. It's, but whatever it is, it looks amazing because it doesn't seem like, 
it seems like there's an actual cat in a box, like on purpose. Like they literally put a cat in a box for the scene. I think it's just a testament to his skill as a physical comedian. That's all. Yes, I think so too. You know, I, I was I, every time I see him, I always think he's going to stop, look at the camera, and say, "Live from New York is Saturday night." Every time I see him, every time I see him, <laughs> right now, right now. Falling over a desk, breaking a leg as he falls downstairs, standing up, or not even standing up, just looking at the camera and saying, live from New York, it's Saturday night. During his Gerald Ford impression. You know, it's, yeah. it's all like- but Back when SNL would make you be the president, but you didn't, you didn't have to look like the president at all? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like now they want you to look like the person you're making fun of, but back then I guess they didn't. Yes, yes. And I, I'm wondering now, because since Joe Biden is president-elect, are we going to have more Jim Carrey? Which I, I'm, I'm sure. Told. I'm sure of it. I, Totally here for Jim Carrey as Joe Biden. I'm sure of it. If they had Alec Baldwin coming in all the time, they're going to have Jim Carrey come in. I'm sure of it. Oh, God, I can't wait. It's, I'm so happy for that. You know, like, like the, the kids say these days, I stand for Jim Carrey. So <laughs> as Joe Biden. It's funny to me because, okay, what, what do you guys associate Chevy Chase most with? Like what is his most iconic thing to you? Clark Griswold. Clark Griswold. Really? Okay. Are you going to say Community? No, no, no. Like I definitely remember him from Community, and I thought he did great in that mo- in that show. But um, I'm no, no, you're torn. Gonna Invisible Man. That's what you're going to say. No, no. I was going to say I'm, I'm torn between either Fletch, Fletch. No, no. Oh my gosh, you're going to keep <laughs> guessing wrong ones, and I'm just going to dig myself a hole. Um, what is left? I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm usually drawn to. But trouble. Uh, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Please? <laughs> I'm just go, naming. Oh please! There's so many. So Three amigos. Ah uh, yes. Okay. Or Caddyshack two. Or Caddyshack one. Why not Caddyshack one? Um. Yeah. I mean, remember two. I don't know. I remember two more. I, I I don't think that two is better by any stretch, but um, I don't know. I just always think of Caddyshack two because I think of that scene where he's fucking. I can't. Okay, I'm moving on. I can't. <laughs> say it. Now you mentioned it. Say it. Where he? <laughs> so he's. <laughs> God, I'm not going to make it through this. <laughs> he's he's in that fucking like field, and he's like trying to watch that putt, and he leans over, and he he kind of I don't know what's his name. I don't remember the guy. He's in a uh, he's in like this cardigan or something like that. And he's golfing with him, and he kind of leans over, and he's like misses the putt because Chevy Chase is leaning into him and making him like see it at an angle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, I I always think of either Three Amigos or Caddyshack. Um, Caddyshack. Yeah, oh, okay. Caddyshack two usually or, or or one or whatever. But yeah. No, I, I, okay, did you guys ever watch the last vacation movie, the one with um, Ed Helms? Oh, when it's like the like um, when they're going he back plays, to Wally World or something like that, or he plays Ed Helms plays Rusty and he's going, he's taking his family to Wally World. Oh, oh, Apple game. a new one, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Chris Hemsworth. I, I didn't realize that that Clark and, and Ellen are in that movie too. What? I I never saw it. I never saw it either. I'm gonna have to watch it now. I'm gonna have to watch it. I don't Chris remember that at all. Like Audrey's like sister's husband, or or Ellen's Ellen. No, sorry, not Ellen. So uh, Christina Applegate's character, like uh, Rusty's wife, she plays his sister. Oh no, sorry, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. What are you doing, bro? Right, yeah, are you, where, are we, where are we at right now? Leslie Bibb, who, who you know who Leslie Bibb is, Red Goody. 
the actress from like Forty Year Old Virgin. Like she was in. Uh, she's like she's oh, married. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's married to that guy. She's married to the director of Forty Year Old Virgin, all that stuff. Jed Apatow. So, Jed Apatow. Yeah, Jed Apatow's wife, Leslie Bibb. She plays Audrey in Vacation, and she's married to Chris Hemsworth in that movie. Who's like, Audrey? Uh, uh, Leslie Bibb. Oh no, no, no! Like Juliet Lewis's character. Juliet Lewis's character, yes. Yes, the sister. Okay. The sister. okay. So, so yeah, Rusty's sister is married to Chris Hemsworth's character in the movie. That's when Chris Hemsworth walks into their room. He's like in his underwear, and they're just like, "What the hell's going on?" Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, but he plays Clark. He plays Clark, and Ellen, Beverly D'Angelo reprises her role as Ellen in the new Vacation. I haven't seen it. I just saw it in the cast. I was like, "Holy shit!" They were in that movie. Now I'm gonna have to watch it because they did it. You know, I've seen the Vacation movie, but I guess. I, in in my head, I didn't even associate NLC. it to the original ones. In NLCU? Yes. <laughs> NLCU, bro. NLCU. It's here. We've done it. All right. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's there's that. I mean, let's see what else we got going on. I mean, there's really not much else, man. I mean, we, there's 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 really not much else. I mean, we saw, of course, you know, you know, Uncle Lewis like literally explode. When he walked out and lit his uh, cigar, yes, his <laughs> So, with that said, Tomas, what's the rating? Uh, I mean, this movie, in my opinion, as a Christmas movie, even as a National Lampoon, I think it's probably the best National Lampoon movie. I think it's I like I prefer it to the original first one. Even the first one, I don't think it's as funny as this one because I think this is just classic John Hughes. Which, by the way, if you didn't know this before, John Hughes was actually a writer for the National Lampoon. FYI. Oh, the old uh, uh, classic periodical. The periodical, yeah, and the periodical. Oh. I mean, have you seen? Okay, so there's a Netflix movie based on the guy Animal who, House, National Lampoon, Animal House. Yes, yeah, yes, okay. it is. Yes, but so the guy who created the National Lampoon, there's a movie about him, uh, which stars um the guy the guy who was um MacGruber um, God, what's his name? Anyways, the guy who was MacGruber in uh, Will Forte. Will Forte did a movie on Netflix where he played the character, the guy who created the National Lampoon. And there's, and of course, they show like a ton of writers that even were on Saturday Night Live, comedians, comedy writers and comedians who wrote for National Lampoons. But there were so many famous ones, dude, that wrote for National Lampoon, they couldn't have them all in the movie. So they, at one point, the guy, Will Forte's character, turns to the screen and says, these are some of the guys who worked for National Lampoons. And real quick, it's just kind of like, like a scrolling list of people. It was like John Hughes was in there. I mean, Christopher Guest was in there. I mean, all these people who were like big-time comedians in the 70s and early 80s, they wrote for the National Lampoon periodical, which was crazy. It was crazy. It, it's a really good movie. It's a really good movie on Netflix if you can ever watch it. But anyways, uh, but yeah, no, I, I actually prefer this movie compared as probably the best of all the vacation movies that I've seen because uh, – like I said, I don't remember European. I heard European was always good, but I've never really actually seen it too much. And um, I think as far as a rating on this one, I'm going to give it a solid 7.8. All right. I'm not even going to criticize you on it. Goody, where are you at, man? All right. Um, I also think it's the best of the vacation movies that I've seen. Again, I don't know if I've seen European Vacation. I don't. <laughs> funny I say that, I don't know, because I might have seen it when I was like really little, but I don't think so. Um, all I remember is the, the actual poster, the cover for it, the Boris Vallejo cover that he actually did for it. That was him. He did that cover for them. If you know, I'm check it out. Um, so I wasn't anyway. Uh, I love this movie. I think it's a great Christmas movie. Uh, I'm gonna give it a good 
eight and a half of crazy rabid squirrels trapped in a home in a giant eighties middle class home. That's what I'm thinking. Eight and a half crazy I'm gonna, I'm squirrels. Gonna, I want to revise my. I'm going to give it a good seven point eight burned out uh, sleds with silicon mixture for food. For food. Yeah, I, I think it's great, and I, 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 like like Bubble said, it's. I think it's my favorite of the vacation films, and this is a great. Good, uh, great Christmas film overall. Oh, by the way, okay, so the movie that talks about the guy who created National Lampoons is called A Futile and Stupid Gesture. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix flick. You got to watch it because there's so many famous people in the movie. So many famous actors. They all popped into what to do this movie. It's great. Great. Futile and Stupid Gesture. So, Derek, what's your what's your take on this? Um, Hold on. I'm actually looking up Futile movie so i can actually uh watch this anyway um my rating i think that this is probably this is very easily in the top 10 christmas movies of all time in my book um and uh i don't want to compare it to the other lampoon movies because i mean there are a lot of really crappy lampoon movies because there's a lot of them that people don't know about there's the big ones we all know and we love but yeah. Anyway, that aside, Lampoon's um, senior trip with a a young Jeremy Renner. Oh God, I don't even remember. There's um, Vegas Vacation. No, oh God, no. The, the the Lampoon's movies I'm thinking about like literally have no name cast. Oh, the straight, to, the straight to DVD ones. Yeah, those. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. About. yeah, Jeremy Renner. The one Jeremy Renner came out like in '95. National Lampoon's senior trip. That's with a super young Jeremy Renner, <laughs> like really young. I, I always think about like, uh, gosh, what was that one where, uh, gosh, what's his name? Something Van, Van Wilder, Van Wilder. Um, that one I thought was a really good Lampoon movie. But anyway, moving up, moving aside. Okay, to the point. My rating, uh, 8.9. I'm going to give it a solid 8.9 just because it's not impacting the industry. It's not a pivotal film. You could die and have not seen this and be fine. But if you enjoy holiday movies, it needs to be seen. All generations. All right. That works, dude. Igudi would. Uh, so you you gave what? Like a 7.8? What did you give me again? Do you even listen when I'm talking? Eight point. He gave an 8.5. You you 8.5, bro. My bad, my bad, my bad. All right, well, um, as everybody, this is the uh, end of our show. Oh, actually, no, we have top shelf, top shelf Christmas movies. Uh, just one a piece, guys. We, we you know, because we want to keep something for the next holiday special. All right, I want to go first because I know mine's the best. All right, the number one Christmas movie of all time. I don't care what anyone says. Guess it. It's the old black and white version of a Christmas Carol. Motherfucker, shut the fuck up. It is what the George C. Scott Christmas Carol. That's no, the one. It is not. My gosh. Scrooge. Number one Christmas movie of all time. Muppet Christmas Carol all day long. That's it's, really good. I, That's you know really what? Good. That's a good one. That's a good pull because I always think of that scene with Bob Cratchit, with Kermit Bob Cratchit and the and the rats, where he's like, Sir, we need more coal. And he's like, Do you need a job? And all of a sudden the rats are like, heat wave. And just, this is my island in the sun. <laughs> I was wearing like like hula skirts and like 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 coconut shell bras. It's just hilarious. No, Anyways, Michael Caine does an incredible job. Um, is it Michael Caine? It's Michael Caine, right? Yeah, okay. Michael Caine. He does an incredible job. 
Um, I have a very soft spot in my heart for the Muppets. I grew up with them. I loved the Muppet show when it was on the original one, none of that new shit. Um, and it's just a great movie. It's good for all ages. They should show it every year. It's definitely better than a Christmas story. Um, and a Christmas story is good before anybody gets pissed off at me. It's a good movie, but it's not as good as Muppet Christmas girl. All right. Goody. What about you? Um, I said it before and, uh, I'll say it again. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if it's my favorite, but definitely one that I could always watch. I, guess, well, I, don't know. I mean, I have a bunch of different favorites. Um, but, uh, home alone, man, home alone. There you go. Classic. Maybe that's cliche, but I don't care. I love no, it. It's a good choice. I like it. That's a good pull. That's a good pull. Okay. So, uh, okay. For my Christmas holiday, uh, holiday um special thing i mean it's it's i always say it's the movie that i watch every year and it's the uh the original i don't care what who what you think about it you can hate me for it i don't give a shit it's the new version of miracle on 34th street i said it on the show that we did with um with uh, uh back in the day podcast but I, I i love that movie i watch it every christmas i mean i sit down with a nice hot cocoa I sit and I watch the movie. I feel like I need to watch this again and give it a real shot because I didn't, I didn't give it a fair shot the first time I watched it um, because I enjoy one of the older versions um, the older with Natalie Wood. I don't even know. I, we, I, we talked about this the other day. I don't even remember. I think it's, there's only one version. It's either the, the original one, the black and white one or whatever. And then there's the, the newer one. That's it. That's it. There's only two versions of the movie. With Richard Attenborough was the newer one. Sure, written Richard Attenborough. Richard Attenborough. Yes. Uh, and Dermot Mulroney. Oh, yeah. Is, you're right. Or is it Dylan McDermott? I don't know. Good. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> little pullback, little, little, little callback to the previous episode. All right. So, um, all right, everybody. So, we just wanted to go ahead and wish everyone a happy holiday. <laughs> Oh, my little fact checker. Oh, happy holidays. It's uh, Dylan McDermott. Dylan oh. McDermott. Dylan. Dylan, thank you very much there, Mr. Thank Fact. you, Mr. Fact. So Fact. <laughs> Doesn't take a break even for Christmas. Thank you. No, thank you, man. So, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Whatever you guys want to do, whoever, whatever you celebrate, celebrate with your family. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the holidays. Um, and uh, for the sake of everyone, like always, we finish off with a, a phrase from the movie, and and there's only one phrase that totally encompasses everything that has to do with Christmas vacation and the Griswolds' fun family holiday vacation, and that is shitters full. All right, everybody, happy <laughs> holidays. Have a merry Christmas, everybody. Peace.